time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Friday, April 9th, 2021. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And as always on Fridays, we got another great guest lined up for you today. You're going to hear my conversation with Joe Bernanski. Big Joe was a football official for the Foothill Citrus Football Officials Association for quite some time. Uh, an established veteran when I joined the unit back in 2007. Uh, just a guy that is incredibly welcoming, love to teach. Uh, one of the guys who's been around a long time, worked plenty of big football games. Uh, and as, as I mentioned, just him and so many guys, Tracy McFate, Luther Wilson, Scott Root, uh, so many great guys that I just loved learning from, going to their games, watch them, hear from them, listen to them in, in the classrooms, listen to them maybe at an Applebee's uh, uh, late at night, whatever the case may be, maybe some golf tournaments. Just an absolute blast uh, catching up with Joe Bernanski last week when I recorded our conversation. Uh, Joe is quite a story, not just football related, but he's also a guy who uh, played both college and, uh, well, college football and baseball. Uh, he also was for over 10 years a scout in Major League Baseball for the Philadelphia Phillies. So we're going to talk a little bit today about kind of what scouts looked at, what his life was like, and maybe how important it is to kind of always carry yourself uh, like somebody is watching because someone might be watching, right? And it's not just about uh, how far you can hit a ball or you know what you what you do that day in the lineup, but it's about the little things. The little things add up. And so I thought that was really intriguing in our conversation with Joe. Uh, he's also going to talk about his brother Tom, who spent a good, good chunk of time in the big leagues, had a pretty good career himself, and uh, also went into coaching. So the Bernanski family, quite the baseball family indeed. Uh, Joe is a big time golfer; he has been for years. Definitely has golfed quite a bit uh, since he's retired now from uh, just about all his other careers. So he'll tell you about that, and uh, have had some fun memories with Joe on the golf course alongside the Foothill Citrus football officials on a kind of an annual golf, uh, golf game, golf tournament, we'll call it. So uh, we'll talk about all those things today. It was a lot of fun catching up with Joe. It, it had been a while. And to hear him talk about football memories, baseball memories, and golf, I thought it was really fitting kind of this time of year as we are going into the Major League Baseball season here. And also, I mean, the Masters are this weekend. Uh, that, that's obviously huge to the world of golf. So I thought this was a good time slot for Joe especially after we had a, a big show on Monday regarding Rio Hondo Prep and their big high school football experience at the Rose Bowl last week. It's been a huge uh, week for this for the show. I mean, we had a great show Monday. Bill Barnes, of course, always delivers on Wednesdays, on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. And Joe Brunanski is a big-time guest here on Friday that I think everyone will really enjoy listening to. I know I have a lot of followers from Rio Hondo Prep. A lot of my listeners uh, were once in Care Youth League, and maybe you know you hear these sports officials come on, and it's not always uh, something you're that interested in. But I can tell you this: Joe uh, has a very unique perspective, especially being the scout 
uh, for Major League Baseball that I think you guys will really, really appreciate. Um, I, I had the opportunity to officiate some football with Joe. I actually, it's kind of a, I don't know, in the in the record book somewhere, uh, <laughs> I actually replaced Joe in his very last game. He hurt his knee, and I just happened to be there. I had my gear and jumped on the field, and uh, that was the last time. Joe Bernanski was on a football field. So a little bit of trivia there, a little connection between Joe and I. Uh, I wish he would have worked uh, longer. I wish I would have worked longer, but uh, for now, at least he's done for sure. I'm um, I'm away from the game for now. Uh, you know, working on this podcast and other other crazy things uh, called life. So, I uh, can't wait for you guys to hear that interview here in uh, probably four or five minutes. Uh, I do want to say this: some changes to the podcast, as you guys are well aware. Uh, late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, I made the announcement that Get Home Safe Podcast now has a YouTube channel. And I don't know how many episodes I'm going to put on there. I'm definitely going to put the Wednesday episodes with Bill Barnes on there. He's agreed to that. So he's all in favor of that. It's just another uh, way in which our podcast can grow. I know some people like watching YouTube. They like the visual. So I don't know why you want to look at uh, our faces for, but hey, uh, if you want it out there, we're going to do it. I might also on Mondays post that video. Again, that's usually just me. And I'm going to do my best also, guys, to save some of my um, announcements and uh, we'll say opinions about current events and, and kind of bottle all that up into Monday's episodes if I can so that it's basically just one video of, of me doing all that. Wednesdays is just one video of me and Bill Barnes. There's not a lot of uh, wasted time beforehand or afterwards because uh, I don't know how much you guys care about that stuff anyway. I've tried it for a good format here over the years over the past few months. And, uh, you know, I'm always adjusting, compensate and adjust. Right. And I know Fridays, you guys want to get to the long form interview. You don't want to hear me ramble about weird, uh, opinions and sports facts and stuff necessarily. You want to get to the, the main event. So I am going to do my best to save that for Mondays and just kind of structure it that way. Uh, that said, I'm not sure about Fridays posting the episode on YouTube, I'm going to definitely ask my guests who I record with if they feel okay with, if they're comfortable with that. If if their video picture is is good, then I will put it on there. Um, and again, they have to agree to it. So uh, that's kind of the plan for now. Just because you don't see an episode on the YouTube channel, uh, rest assured there's, you can still listen to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, um, wherever you get them. The, the audio will always still be there. So, But if you are in so should so feel inclined definitely subscribe to our youtube channel again for those uh guys out there like me who are slow with technology subscribe doesn't mean you have to pay anything you just it just it, it means you follow basically and you can be updated you can go in your settings and be notified when new episodes do come out so that was some big news for the podcast i am going to improve on the audio i'll improve on the video you know me it's a work in progress it takes some time but for those of you who have not, maybe not listened to our podcast before, definitely go in, give us a like, give us a follow. We have some social media platforms and, and things as well that I will get to at the end of the episode. But uh, yeah, big news with the YouTube channel. I'll, tr I'll do my best to continue to put that stuff out. Well, it's a big sports weekend uh, for everybody. But uh, here in Southern California, the Dodgers are going to be opening Friday uh, against the Nationals. And, I, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's the first time they play have played each other in Dodger Stadium at least the, uh, since the Nationals 
upset the Dodgers back in 2019 in game five at Dodger Stadium. Remember that? Uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw came in on relief, gave up, I think, back-to-back home runs. And uh, it was the first year the Nationals did not have Bryce Harper, and and they went all the way to uh, win a World Series after that. So it seems like yesterday, but hard to believe it. It was you know two years ago now. And so uh, the Nationals and Dodgers meeting in L.A. at Dodger Stadium. It's going to be nice to see fans at the games. It's Chavez Ravine. I saw Angel Stadium had some fans there. Uh, they opened at home last week. So I know it's not much. I would much prefer we had the 40,000 fans like in uh, Arlington, Texas and everything. But, hey, uh, we'll take it one step at a time to all the Dodger fans out there. Uh, congrats on having your Dodgers back at home in Dodger Stadium. And uh, hopefully it's a good opening weekend here in Los Angeles. Uh, I mentioned the Masters, a uh, big Masters uh, golf tournament down in Augusta, Georgia this weekend. Um, you know, I think it was, they played it back in November, right? La- remember last year, it was April, it's always in April. It got pushed back to November this year, a very quick turnaround. And the Masters is, uh, you know, up and running here, started up on Thursday. So if you're a golf fan, keep an eye on that. And even if you're not, I mean, uh, it's one of the most beautiful scenes in all of sports that uh, that golf course down there and you know I don't know who I'm going to pick to win I don't know who I uh, you know all the big guns really are, are usually uh, in the running so I'm just hoping for a good maybe a tight race tight race towards the end there make Sunday the the last uh, the last round hopefully is meaningful and not a blowout like we've seen in some of these other uh, golf golf rounds so anyway uh, excited about that hopefully uh, you guys uh, tune in at least on Sunday. As far as boxing goes, not a huge weekend. Uh, boxing and UFC, not a huge weekend necessarily. Uh, there is one fight that I ha- am interested in. And to those who don't, you know, always don't know where to find some of these fights, this is a free one. Seven o'clock Saturday night on ESPN, the big ESPN. Uh, Joe Smith Jr. against Maxim Vlasov in the uh, 175, the light heavyweight. WBO t- title. So if you're bored on Saturday night, maybe you're uh, the Masters are over. You're looking for something. Uh, definitely tune into that. I don't know if the Dodgers or whatever play during the day or not, but uh, this just another something to watch towards the end of the evening if you uh, are looking for something. Uh, let's see. That said, something I, I again I tune into every year is the Frozen Four. I know it's a little different than. Uh, you know, it's not as big of a deal as the Final Four or you know the bowl games and this and that in college football. But uh, but I always tune into it. I always I always like it. So a couple of games on Thursday between South St. Cloud State and Minnesota State, and the other uh, semifinal was Minnesota Duluth against University of Massachusetts, also known as UMass. So three out of the four teams from Minnesota. Um, uh, first time that has happened. Three teams from one state since the early '90s, and uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch that on Thursday. A couple of college hockey games a little different game from the nhl right but uh the national championship game will uh, be on saturday i believe uh on the afternoon sometime our time anyway look it up uh look up the time but the college hockey national championship uh will be on saturday and uh, you know finishing up that season so let's see saturday national championship game four o'clock pacific time on espn so there you go you watch a college hockey championship game and then right after that look at the joe smith fight uh not a bad evening to be had on a, on a saturday night uh, unless you're watching some dodger baseball too i'm not sure when they're playing I, I should know these things you know you're supposed to be prepared right as you go into 
to this uh, the whole podcast game that I have. Let's see. When do the Dodgers play on Saturday? Dodgers play 6 o'clock on Saturday night. So for some of you with multiple TVs, maybe you, you got some options there. Uh, okay, that's kind of breaking down some of the things looking into the weekend. But I had a question. You know, after the final four ended on Monday, that you know the Baylor Bears dominated the Gonzaga Bulldogs. I don't want to take anything away from Gonzaga as as they lost. You know, championship game they got they got destroyed, and uh, I actually got some questions regarding the game. Uh, Will Tarico asked me a question that I'm going to try to remember to talk about on Monday, but I don't want to burn too much time here as we got to get to our interview. But the thought I had regarding, um college basketball and seeing Gonzaga lose and Gonzaga is now let's be honest. They're a national power. I don't care if they play in the WCC kind of a mid-major conference. Um, they're, they're a dominant program. They're very, very good. And my question is this, I was trying to think about other schools and maybe multiple sports where, you know, at one time they were the Cinderella story, right? They'd always get in the tournament, win a few games, uh, have some big upsets, and a former Cinderella that is now a national power, now a national brand. Gonzaga used to be that team in the tournament, maybe a eight, nine, ten seed, or even lower that you know would upset some teams. And they got a great tradition, but you know they weren't quite as dominant as they've been in your in the recent years. So it got me thinking: what teams out there used to be kind of Cinderella and now are these just dominant brands? I think we've seen it go the other way, right? We've seen uh, teams with really good traditions that are kind of like middle of the pack now. You still don't consider them like mid-majors or Cinderella's. But, you know, like Miami football, USC football. I'm trying to think of some basketball uh, schools as well. That uh, I mean, right now, Stanford basketball, they're not, they're not all that much to write home about. But think about it. It really hasn't happened that often where Cinderella turns into – uh, a queen. I don't know. I don't know what else to phrase it. Uh, UNLV basketball. They were top notch, right? But they're not what they once were, and they didn't stay like a national power, a national brand. Uh, LMU basketball in the early '90s. They they were Cinderella, and then they just kind of teetered off. I don't think there's anything that's ever been out there like Gonzaga that was a Cinderella, that underdog. I mean, maybe Boise State in football, but they're not. They're still not a national brand, national title contender. Think about it. Gonzaga is probably the best West Coast program. UCLA is always going to get the headlines. They got the history. Arizona, if they get their act back together. I, I don't know. Currently, I think Gonzaga is the best basketball program in the West. And I've always thought of them when I was watching them as this underdog yeah the the bulldogs underdogs the zags cinderella man if they can put together a few wins but now they're this dominant program did duke used to be a cinderella did north carolina did kansas i don't think so they've kind of always been national brands i mean byu football didn't they win a national championship they kind of kind of came out of nowhere and and then they're still kind of middle of the road colorado football they were a power but you know, these teams, you don't see Cinderella as much in, in football, obviously you, you think of it in March madness, but I couldn't wrap my head around who was, who was a Cinderella that now has become a consistent dominant program like Gonzaga. I don't know that there is one. 
It's a tribute to Mark Few and, and, and the program up there. And I know, why are you talking about them? They just got beat by 20-something points in the title game. And yeah, but they had uh, one heck of a season too. But I, I want to ask you guys that. Send me send me your thoughts if if I'm uh, if I'm overlooking teams, but I, but it's got to fit that criteria. Who out there? It could be any sport. Fresno State uh, baseball. They were they went on one of the most magical Cinderella runs I've ever seen in 2008 uh, as a four seed in a regional and beating all these teams on the road and then going to Omaha and winning the College World Series. That's still the greatest underdog story I've ever seen. And I was actually there in person in Omaha to witness it. But after that, it's not like Fresno State then became this consistent national power. But Gonzaga has. So who out there? Tell me, guys. Fill me in. Shoot me some emails, whatever. Who has gone from a Cinderella to a dominant program? And yeah, don't be the guy that's, well, they haven't won a title yet. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. The the, the big brands in college basketball. And I know it's Spokane, Washington. It's not, uh, you know, Durham, North Carolina or uh, Topeka, Kansas or uh, Syracuse, New York. I get it. Those are the big programs. And when you think of college basketball, I think uh, Gonzaga's up there with the rest of those teams. Yes, they have a bigger tradition, but I can't think of another team that was kind of once classified as strictly a Cinderella and now is a big time national brand food for thought. Tell me what you think. I would love to hear uh, your suggestions of teams that maybe fit that criteria. Okay. It's time for Joe Bernanski. Thank you for waiting patiently while I've rambled away here with some of my other topics and things. Uh, fun conversation with Joe again, high school football, college baseball, professional baseball, um, golf, good times at Foothill Citrus officiating a lot of, a lot of fun here. I think you guys will very much enjoy. And for those of you who especially kind of want some insight on not only behind the scenes of of officiating, but maybe also uh, what uh, professional baseball scouts look for. So let me step aside and uh, give Mr. Big Joe Bernanski the stage. Thank you so much for joining us here on this edition of the Get Home Safe podcast. Okay, today I am joined by Joe Bernanski. Joe was a retired Major League Baseball scout. He actually played college baseball and minor league baseball as well. He is a proud member of the Foothill Citrus Football Officials Association. Uh, Spent a long time there anyway, retired now. Uh, But now most of his life revolves around golf one way or another. So we're going to chat about a lot of things, football, baseball, probably some golf too. Joe Bernanski, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Matt. Good to be on. Oh, it's been a while, Joe. It's been a while. We we worked football together, and I started in 07 and worked, a f- you know, worked until a couple of years ago. But when I was starting football, Joe, uh, you were uh, you were a longtime veteran at that time at Foothill Citrus. And one thing I will always tell people about joining football is how receptive. Uh, veterans like yourself were to new guys. You made us feel welcome right away. And uh, that's a tribute to guys like you, Joe. Well, that's the way that's, that's the one when Tracy McFate, as you know, Tracy, when we got started back and I want to say 73, um, that's the way the older guys treated us. I mean, they wanted the games done right and they showed us the ropes and it just got passed on that's the way that's the way we were brought in that's what we felt we had to do as well which is why we became instructors for so long 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's so many great guys uh, from Foothill Citrus that I still am in touch with, still am friends with um, that, you know, those relationships last forever. Uh, the, the football games are a lot of fun. The, uh, the post games are a lot of fun, making fun of each <laughs> other, learning, uh, having a few uh, refreshments, if you will. And uh, the, just so many memories uh, pop up from my, my short time of doing it. And I know you officiated football for how long, Joe? Uh, 40 years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, and I know it's, it's just, it just became a lot of fun. It was just a great avocation. It was I, it's tough to explain why somebody would do that for that long. But once you get involved, you just, it's the, it's the fellow officials. It's the uh, atmosphere of still staying in sports in competitive sports. Uh, a lot of fun. Oh man. Yeah. So that's where our, our paths crossed is, is officiating. And, you know, you're an interesting guy, Joe, you have plenty of, uh, things that you've experienced and, and been a part of that uh, we'll talk about today. I already mentioned it, you know, baseball and golf and everything, but first let's go back to your early days. You were quite the athlete at West Covina high school and uh, they weren't the Bulldogs back then. They were the Spartans. West Covina Spartans, blue and white. <laughs> blue. I didn't know that blue and white. Yeah. yeah. Actually it was almost like powder blue. It was really, yeah. Why'd they change the, why'd they change everything? Um, our big rival was Edgewood high school. And Edgewood High School ended up becoming, at some point, uh, a not a, a eighth grade or a elementary school. Um, and so the schools merged, and they didn't want to be the Spartans, and so it became a new name and new colors, so oh. everybody could integrate into the system. And it's too bad. It's it was. Uh, <laughs> hated losing the nickname and the colors. But oh yeah, yeah. It was it was it was a great time to be. Uh, to be playing uh, sports in that in West in the West Covina area or in the San Gabriel Valley for that matter, a lot of great players. Oh yeah, well you are a three sport guy, which you know I like hearing because these days that everyone wants to specialize. Oh, just play baseball, just play basketball, and it's like, man, I think there's so many lessons and so many benefits to playing multiple sports. And and you were a football, basketball, baseball guy. Wh- which of those sports was your favorite? Uh, baseball was probably my favorite, but at West Covina High School, football was king. <laughs> I think I, I think through the three years I, I was on varsity that we uh, might have lost three games, four games. Wow! Uh, it was just a excellent coaching staff, uh, life lessons, um, and really, I, I, as much as I love to play basketball, I wasn't that good at it. But really, I was only going to play two sports in high school: football and baseball, and. Eaton, who just passed away recently, is in high school sports, and then went on Mount Sac as a head coach. Um, he, tell, he comes up to me and he goes, I really want you to wrestle. It'll be great for you. And I had no desire to wrestle, especially after being on the field, watching all these wrestlers run around the tracks in their sweatsuits. And I said, that sport's not for me. I told coach, I said, no, I want to play basketball. <laughs> so that ended up being my, my uh, getting uh, three sports. Get out, of, get out of jail free card huh <laughs> yes yeah played with we that was we had 1965 team with uh guys that went uh, uh professional off that team uh we were 13 and 0 um it was a great team nine shutouts allowed 35 points a lot of great players on the d1s but kenny Wiedemann and uh played for uh, the chicago uh, chicago bears and sandy durko went on and played for the cincinnati Bengals. They were our uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers and both defensive backs. So, wow, there's some great players. 
13 and 0 CIF champs. Uh, that's, that's pretty special. And uh, man, that, that's, that's pretty cool. Joe, what, what did you play? Were you a, a in the trenches kind of guy? Yes, I was. I was a defensive tackle, offensive tackle. And then my senior year, um, we always kid about it, but that was, that was the original refrigerator Perry. I we had the, uh, I was a running fullback, blocking, <laughs> running, like we called the play, the Bernanski blast is what the uh, name of the play was. And I, so I was the, I was the original, that was before refrigerator Perry. That is, that is great. I just imagine high, poor high school yeah. kids on the goal line. <laughs> yeah. We still get that still comes up in conversations when we get together. Oh boy. So, so baseball was your favorite and yes, uh, was that always just a love for you growing up? And then how were your, how were your high school teams? Uh, West Camino wasn't really a baseball school. Uh, it was, we had better teams when the schools converged after in summer ball. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, there were, there were a lot of good players on there. It just, it just never seemed to gel. Sometimes we had con- conflicts with other athletes. There were better baseball players, a couple of baseball players played summer ball with that were actually um, didn't play high school baseball because they, they did concentrate on one sport, which was a shame. Uh, back then coaches shared athletes. They worked out schedules. Now it seems that that's not the case. Everything is like you said, is concentrated, concentrate on one sport, get better, earn a scholarship. But I tell you what, scouts, coaches, um, they look for athletes. You play more sports. It's, it's, it's really a positive. And oh. I'll tell you what, the, 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 the guys that had the most value in baseball and hardest to sign were the players that had multiple sports because you had to compete. A baseball scout had to try to sign somebody away from a, a D1 football scholarship. Interesting. So value went up. But I just think, it's, I just think diversification and letting kids try different sports is, uh, is the way to go. I, you know, I, um, you probably get into it later, but I coached uh, girls softball. My all three daughters, fast pitch and coached at Foothill High School and in travel ball. And there's so much. Now, kids in baseball and softball, both young girls and young boys having shoulder surgeries at a very young age that never happened before. And that's because there's just so much overuse and throwing. And um, it's a problem in baseball. I mean, even even Tommy John said so. (laughs) Yeah, It's, It's a huge problem. I know. I know. And it's just kind of like brushed aside, like, ah, oh, well, no, it's, it's still, it's better for kids to play. It's like, no, you, you kids get burned out. And I, again, trying other sports is good because maybe you're better in one than the other. And plus learn, there's just so many lessons to learn too. Uh, exactly. Outstanding Joe. Well, uh, so after high school and, and West Covina, I mean, Covina was a great baseball. It's always has been kind of a great baseball area, you know. Covina was, yeah. Covina, Covina had the baseball players. They would they had, and Northview had some Northview. great uh, baseball players as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, and so and and back then, American Legion had to choose two high schools and one college, and so there were there were several uh, avenues for for the after you got out of little league and pony league and then colt league to go play with and got to play with i got to play with a lot of the community kids so yeah. it was greg turlecki who was a st louis cardinal is one that comes to mind right away wow wow that's cool wow. so so you after high school um what what was the plan did you kind of were you recruited in one sport or, or multiple sports no, i was mostly mostly for um uh most of the scholarships back then were, were football. Um, you could play, they could play, they play baseball, but they really didn't have a lot of baseball scholarships. Even today, you know, you, there's, there's 
maybe 11, I don't know what the actual limit is, but it's maybe 11 to 12 baseball, full baseball scholarships to give. So college coaches have to ration them out, mainly goes to pitchers and catchers. Um, but mostly recruited for football uh, with, and I was looking for a place that would let me play both. Mm. And uh, that Gary Rawls was a, uh, a coach at West Covina High School. He was a, uh, played at Tulsa. It, my, it happened to be that one of the guys my dad played football with back in the late 30s and 40s in college uh, was the athletic director there at Tulsa. And I, they recruited and I could play baseball. They had a good baseball program. And uh, I could, I would be able to do both. So it's why I choose them. I, I, had, I had several, several offers out here on the West Coast. I wanted to go away. Um, a lot of people rooted. Um, but that was what I thought was going to be best for me. And as it turned out, I got hurt the first year. And then I just said, you know what, this is, it's, man, it's, it's a different, it's different from being going from a, uh, going to high school where you're a big wheel to going to college where everybody's a big wheel. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, there's guys that, uh, that are going to go on and play pro ball. And in fact, we refereed with one that we Tulsa team, uh, God, and I can't think of his, he was a tight, he was a big guy. He was a tight end and he, God, he was in our association for years. Uh, this is where my memory fades on me, Matt. You would know him if I told you. He's a big guy, wore glasses. Oh, shoot. Anyway, he, went, he was at Tulsa then. Um, actually, he was a little bit uh, before when, when they had um, Jerry, Jerry Rome, who set all the national college records in passing. But anyway, I came back to West Virginia. came back, played a year at Mount Sac football. And then uh, just that's it. I'm going to play base. Play with Dennis Shaw, at, uh, who played with the Buffalo Bills. He was on our Mount Sac team. A um, lot of a lot of guys that came back that year. Sam Cooper, who was on the West Covina teams, um, played for Vero Lily White. Bill Fisk. Oh yeah. Was my was my line? He was a, ended up refereeing with us. He was my line coach at Mount Sac. Great um, guy. Great guy. And then uh, then started looking for then started being recruited for baseball and ended up. Uh, I was going to go to the University of Pacific and ended up going to Cal Western. Uh, they came in late and I went down to the campus and I, I just, it was small college, great atmosphere. And I said, Hey, this is a great place to go. So. Well, and, as and we were a, national champions, national champions in 1973. The NAI. Oh, really? Yeah. That's outstanding. And for the Cal Western is now Point Loma university. Correct. And has absolutely the best uh, view from a field in all of all of baseball all over the planet you're up on a cliff overlooking the ocean and i mean it's it's quite a day at the office if you if you go umpire <laughs> there uh so was that field uh, there when you were playing it was it's the same place it hasn't moved they've had some upgrades that we, we held a, a reunion uh of our all our of our the, of the, the guys i played with we've had a couple of reunions and one of them was on the field they've done some nice things with the field um, it's a sunken diamond, mm-hmm. uh, like kind of like Stanford's, um, and really the view out going out. It, it's the wind blows in, the the fences aren't as far as you think. Guys come in and just think they can pop it up. If the wind blows in off the ocean, very difficult. And sometimes in the afternoon, the fog comes in, and now you run lines, foul line to foul line for your wind sprints. Hell, the coaches couldn't see if we went ten yards. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Just, uh, yeah. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. I see what you're doing there. Joke. Nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's foggy coach. Sorry. But uh, well, we'd run, we'd run about halfway, wait a few minutes and then run back. <laughs> 
working uh, smarter, not harder. That's great. Um, yeah, that that place is unbelievable down there. You just like you go down to work a baseball game or you know watch a baseball game. It's small seating, but I don't think there's a better spot in America to uh, to watch a ball game. And you're right about those home runs. I've seen balls hit there that should have been in the ocean, and they 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 blow back and they're are caught. You know, not even yep. on the warning track. <laughs> I know. I think I told you about uh, Dave Roberts in Oregon came down and he led the he led the nation in home runs that year. I think he hit like twenty eight wooden bats, and uh, he bombed one. And it, it it everybody when he hit it, everybody thought it was a long gone. And our center fielder came in a few steps, made the catch. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh boy, yeah, runs are at a premium at times there because the fences are so short, so everything else is is caught too with the outfielders closer. So yeah, great place. National champions show. That's awesome, man. And, and what, yes. did, what did you play? What positions were you? First base. First base. P- power hitter, yeah. I got to imagine. I did. I was. Um, did pretty good. Um, and uh, copy. that's when I was uh, the uh, – that's when the Oakland A's saw me down there playing. And, uh, they was a free agent. Um, wasn't drafted. Um, but I was going to say, I went first went down there because there was no DH. And the captain of the team was senior first baseman. I had to play the outfield. They, Coach Potter put me where he didn't think the ball would go. <laughs> Our senator, Bobby Vetter, was told to catch anything. Yeah. Anything near him, go get. <laughs> go get it. <laughs> but you hit, if, if you hit back then, you had to find a place to play. And they, they, they found one. Yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> wow yeah you don't strike me as an outfielder joe (laughs) no i wasn't i wasn't (laughs) oh but you made it work absolutely yeah that's funny so you out of out of college you end up signing as a free agent within the oakland a's organization and uh what was was that similar to when you went to tulsa and you there was other big wheels as you say you played college baseball and now you're like oh this is professional baseball what was that experience like yeah it was it was the, uh, yeah the, the baseball's better and at the level of of uh, uh single a and double a double a especially um the pitching is is way better you, you might see in college you might see a a uh, the friday or the the, the the uh, number one, wherever they set their rotation, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, you might see one really good number one. And once you get into the double A area, you're seeing everybody's number one three times. It, it seems like um, it's there's uh, it, the um, seventy two. Denny McLean was on the was on the Burlington team and went on to play with the Tigers. Um, he was he wasn't even the fifth starter. I mean, it was, it was funny. That team had guys like uh, some uh, uh, Glenn Abbott. Um, oh God. Who else was on who Chuck Dobson. All those guys were, uh, were big, were big throwers back then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was different. It's, it, it's, and it's, it, 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 it's hard to say it's kind of fun, but then you get to the point, at least I did. I go, you know what? It's, it's, this is a job. It's kind of getting a little boring. And uh, so after two years, it was time to do something else. It was just, yeah. it just get, hit the, hit the limit, I guess. Oh, sure. Well, it was fun. I, well, I don't, I, it's no, no, no gripes. Well, it's six months of baseball every day and your, your bus rides being in small towns like Burlington. I I've umpired actually in that, in that city, in that league. And so 
it's it's completely different and i think a lot of high school and college kids aren't aware of when they get into the minor leagues or pro ball like oh this is like a lot different than just playing you know pony baseball or whatever you know yeah it's a grind definite grind so i gotta ask you joe in your two years as a former umpire myself did, were you were you ever ejected joe in the minor leagues yes Ooh, how many times a couple <laughs> Do you happen to sometimes the wrong word just slipped out? Oh, okay. The right, well, uh, yeah. And you know, you could say a lot of things, I think, to umpires, but when one of them is proceeded with you, you know, you know, that's terrible or you're terrible, that's a big yes. difference there, you know. Yes, and especially with the word that shouldn't be mentioned on any podcast or anything. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kinda, you know how you get when you're in college and you word you use some words like an adjective. So yeah. Yeah. So, okay. A little, little temper just popped out every now and then does. And that's the thing about baseball. Some people see ejections and they're like, uh, now there are some guys that are just out of control, but, but it is part of baseball too. Players just, you know, get ejected. It happens. I I tried to make, I, you know, being a first baseman, I, I, I would talk to the first base umpire, be buddies, friends. That's, you know, Dr. Hamlow, who, Mm -hmm. uh, one of our, long outstanding football officials, basketball coach at Azusa Pacific, uh, Dr. Hamlo. Um, and he was, he, he umpired my pony league game in cold league games. That's how I first got to know him. I talked to all these guys. I, I knew all these umpires. So then we came up from Cal Western and played uh, the local colleges up here, like Claremont and Laverne. These guys are doing my games. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Bobby Simmons, there's another guy that was, uh, all these guys back there. And he was in a football official before you came in a lot of guys. So it's, so I was good. I, I never was really, I never got thrown out of, Ooh, wait a minute. I did get thrown out of a high school game coaching. I forgot about that, <laughs> but it wasn't my fault. Um, <laughs> it never is. It really, wasn't, it really wasn't. We had, we at Foothill, you know, softball games different. It's slap, it's, it, you slap and you run and you speed and Foothill. We did it with the best of them. We could run for ages anyway. One of our uh, faster girls gets thrown out at first base, and that's after a couple of bad calls by this guy. And she ended up going to be an All American at Arizona, and uh, her dad was behind the first base, first base line where I was coaching first. <laughs> he just says, "What do they do? Let you out of the old folks' home on every you know game day or whatever?" And this guy turned and thought it was me and threw me out. Oh, that's a good story. <laughs> and I think he realized he made a mistake. So then he just, he just said, okay, you can be in the dugout. I don't want you on the field anymore. So that's but, funny. So, but I didn't get thrown out too much. I always try to make friends with the umpires. And sometimes it, it sometimes it paid off where they, you know, you might've got to call you away. Well, it's a professional uh, relationship. You know, you, it's, you don't have to agree on everything, but it's probably better to be uh, cordial or whatever than to be uh you know enemies because you don't want to be enemies that, that doesn't no, work out you know you don't and you know what well, we had a we had a reunion down in cal western for and uh, this was back when our coach was still that coach um he he had a running battle with the umpires continual running batters he just he didn't like umpires but we always got we got some great umpires early in the season before they had before they went to spring training guys like doug harvey that my brother says they called him God. God in the, in the business when they were there, um, but he would do our games. All these guys were doing our games just before they go to spring training and start up. And we had them four or five of them in our uh, at one of our reunions. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, good. They, good they stuff. were invited and they came and 
telling stories and they were just, they were, they, they remembered some of our games. Like we remembered them being there. Yeah, no, there's, there's nothing quite like uh, stories like that. Uh, well, so Joe, after you're playing, playing ball, you put the cleats away and what makes you get into scouting? I mean, was there an offer made? I mean, my understanding is that, you know, being a scout in, in professional baseball is definitely not the most glamorous things, but maybe I don't know. So tell me about how you got into scouting. You know, walking away from when I walked away from baseball, I said that was that was fine. And I, I was we were just getting my wife and I were just starting out. Um, so it was it was time to walk away. But then after about maybe a year. Um, I decided that it was I, I kind of missed the game and it was for I had connections in baseball that I could, um, you know, call them and see what was up. And I'd gotten. <laughs> the general manager or the national director of scouting for the Philadelphia Phillies uh, played for my dad at the University of Delaware, Brandon Davis. And Brandy also babysit, and, and he didn't babysit me, but he played for my dad. Dallas Green, who would eventually become the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, was the national cross checker, and he played at the University of Delaware. And he actually babysat me. Wow. So I used, and Ruley Carpenter, the, the Carpenters owned the Phillies back then. He and my dad uh, were roommates at uh, Duke University with, uh, on the football team then. So uh, I just checked in with them and see if there was something I could do. And he contacted Gordon Goldsberry out here, who was the head of scouts out here in, out in California. He brought me on board and those guys, I started learning the ropes first going out with some games with him, Larry Maxey. I mentioned that, that I played against, uh, he was in the Atlanta Braves organization. He became, he was a scout with the Phillies then. So he was also, that was, uh, he was really helpful to me. Spider, West coast, Philadelphia scout spider was the third baseman when Jackie Robinson for the Brooklyn Dodgers when Jackie Robinson broke in. Oh, wow. Everybody remembers Pee Wee Reese is the shortstop, but Spider Jorgensen was the third baseman. Um, so I got, that's how I started. But these guys, I just started off, you know, not having an area. And then I got, whoops, uh-oh. No, you're here. I still hear you, Joe. You're just, your video, okay, your video went away. I guess we're, I, I, my thing just flashed out on low battery there. So oh. better go to low power. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> there we you're, are. You're back. <laughs> okay. Um, I hope I don't lose. I hope we don't lose you. No, do you have? Are you all charged? Um, charged and ready to go. Huh? You have a charger. I should get. I should get a charger, just in case. <laughs> okay, can I take a can I take a hiatus to go get it? Yes, take a take. Or do you want me to continue? Uh oh, you can keep chatting if you like. Okay, well, let me see. Let me let me I'll do this real quick. Um, before I forget the story, what I was going with. What was I going? We were talking about the scouting. Starting and uh, starting and scouting and all the guys you were meeting. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then you then they you, you kind of you learn and about after about a year they just kind of branch off, give you your own schools to go watch and cover. And I'm gonna go get that thing. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get a thing, man. Hang on. Okay, no worries. I will. Uh... You can uh, you can. In fact, I'll walk. I'll walk with you. I might, hope I don't lose you by where I'm going. But... No, it should be fine. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy the uh, the world we're in sometimes with the whole charging. Uh, we're we're tied to those. Uh, adapters sometimes uh, but but i'm curious joe about 
scouting when, when you when you uh, get get back uh, scouting and kind of what the daily weekly process is like I mean are you just going to high school games every day are you going to college games on the weekend I mean uh, does somebody give you a list of guys to go look at or is it just uh, you just kind of go to the local schools in your area or you know do you well yeah you get the uh, first of all let me see what I can plug this in now yeah <laughs> I went off my own office here and I can't don't know where all my plugs are. Uh, but uh, yeah, pretty much that's what it is. You get your, uh, schools that you're supposed to watch. Like I would get, let's say the San Gabriel Valley and I would be responsible for those schools. I had to see everybody. If anybody got drafted, out of any of your schools, you better have seen them. You better have a report. So, okay, I guess I can do this here, put that there. You're in business. And I think I'm in. Okay, sweet. Uh, so, so um, with the kids, did you ever go to a, watch a, a player and someone else who you weren't there to watch kind of jumped off the page and made you kind of take note? Without a doubt. Without a doubt, um, there was a um, kind of pretty good player down in uh, San Diego, Grossmont High School, by the name of uh, Alan Trammell. Oh. <laughs> and went down to watch uh, another school, actually, and they were playing Grossmont, and there's this rangy 6'4 shortstop, and everybody was kind of saying, geez, that, you know, that kid's pretty good. As it turns out, he was damn good. <laughs> no kidding. So, yeah, it happens. It happens several times. That's, you know, another, that's, you bring up a good point, Matt, that, which is why I, I kept telling girls that play, and the young men that played for me, I did coach um, my brother in, in, uh, in AAU teams with uh, out of the San Gabriel Valley. Um, tell these guys and girls, hey, you never know when someone's going to come. You never know when a coach is watching. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, but God, you just can't, you know, take in, when you take infield, show your tools. When you're on the field, bust your butts. Don't, and don't, don't act like a prima donna. And you never know when a coach or a scout's going to be watching. You never know who's watching. And, and I got to never be, do. I got to be honest, uh, Joe, I've, I've worked, you know, some summer league things or some, uh, you know, when I was doing high school and stuff, I've had coaches ask me, Hey, from an umpiring standpoint, what's this guy like, or, or, you know, just what, what was that kid saying to you? You know, I've, it goes way beyond just, Oh, look, there's a scout in the stands. I have to be on my best behavior today. No, you need to carry yourself accordingly every single day. Like someone's watching at all times. Absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. So that, that's, I, I, that's the, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I mean, that's something, the biggest lesson I think if you could tell kids is everything you do, someone's watching at all times. If you do that, you can't go wrong. Yeah. I'll tell you, that's, there's, there's so many intangibles in in selecting a young player in the the major league draft that you've got to really get it. It's just not looking at baseball anymore. You've got to, you got to check out what's inside them. You know, you, t- you talk to people in the stands or you listen to people in the stands. But what kind of kid he is, what kind of this, his drive, what he's got, what he's got inside. Um, 
when I was with the Phillies uh, and when they won, Larry Boa was the shortstop. Larry Boa was like the, if he was drafted at all, and I don't think he was, he was signed by, uh, Ed, I can't think of Eddie's last name, longtime Philadelphia scout up in the Bay Area, undrafted player. And he did, there was just something about Larry Boa that he, the determination, the grit, the hustle. And look at, look at the career Boa had. Yeah. Um, it's just, and that's, sometimes it's hard to get through some of the, the kids today, but I, I, I go to watch a game and, and you'll just see, uh, walk onto the infield. I just, I, I just go, wow. Or walk to the outfield. Jeez. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy who thinks he's already made it type of thing, you know, and he's, uh, cause how many kids do you see? Like you said, when you're, when you're a big, a big star in high school, that doesn't mean anything at the next level or, or call. No. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys like that who never even come close to making it at the next level. It's exactly right. I mean, it's, 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 I think baseball, I'm all, it, to be a professional athlete in any of the pro leagues is difficult, but uh, it, the percentages to make it in baseball are truly, truly against you. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> and you've got, and not only that, you, you, you got to stay healthy. You got to be with the right people. You've got to see, I mean, it, Guys that might play for the wrong coach in the minor leagues that are just being held back or behind a, a great player. Um, there's just so many breaks you have to have. And being a jerk isn't going to help you. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 big business. I mean, for teams to invest in a player, you know, there's more to it than, hey, can he uh, can he hit the ball the other way or can he uh, feel this position? It's like a lot more goes into it. Now, there are exceptions made. You and I have both seen guys – uh, advance who were not good guys, but Hey, sometimes talent, uh, is talent. It, it wills out. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is some unbelievable talent out there. Yeah. So I got to ask as a scout, when you go watch guys, um, anybody can, can write down on a piece of paper. Oh yeah. He went three for four with uh, two doubles and a home run. That, that is stuff everyone can see, but what, what were some things maybe that as a scout you looked at or recorded and wrote down um, put in your report that it's it, it's funny guys would come up and say hey you got hey I, this kid went this kid's hitting 600 i go wow. <laughs> i don't care what they hit i don't yeah. care if they hit doubles or this or that i look for bat speed quick hands through the zone um the setup uh, you always get there scouts are always there to watch infield um and now <laughs> some schools don't even take it anymore but that was something where you wanted to see arm strength. There's five tools. There's, de- there's speed, both offensive and defense, arm speed, um, throw, arm throw um, from the outfield, uh, quickness, obviously contact, hands through the zone, and power. Mm-hmm. The tools you look for. And you can just, you can, you can, you can look at somebody that's got maybe a long swinger. Uh, maybe you can correct that. But you can, it's mainly hands through the zone, getting quick, quick hands through. Um, you know, a kid can go up against, you know, you got to look at this, the, the pitching that they're playing against, um, all the intangibles there. But really, never cared for somebody telling me somebody's three for four, reading the paper, this guy, I have to go see this guy, he's doing a five for six. <laughs> you know, you, 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 I'll tell you what, you do go see everybody. I, I, make, I, I laugh sometimes. I'm seeing all these kids transfer to these schools. Uh, oh, he's going to this school. Got to play at this school. Got to play at this school. I'll tell you what, if you're good, you're going to be seen. Yes. Nobody yeah. slips through it. Nobody slips through anymore. No, there's, there's too much uh, 
you know, money involved in, and even the college level with the coaches, they're making some good money now. And so they got to find players. Everyone's looking to find players and, and, you know, because it benefits them and then the, the, the pro teams as well. So now when you would go watch guys, would you ever like, uh, hide kind of not make yourself, you know, some scouts are there in the front row with their clipboard and their stopwatch, but did you kind of, kind of be in the shadows a little bit just to kind of see how guys would play without, you know, knowing someone was watching? Uh, yeah, you do that from time to time. I, you could, I've gone to watch a pitcher warm up, just stand out by the outfield or somewhere down by the line, just when he's warming up in the bullpen, not even going to throw. Um, there are times when all oh, the scouts would all sit together, but a lot of the time everybody's kind of talking and you're just getting their opinions and that you're not really concentrating. I used to like to just go down by myself anyway, yeah, just so I could concentrate on there. But I will tell you sitting with some of those legends that played baseball that ended up scouting at the end of the career, Bob Lemon, Hall of Famer, Jack Papke, some of those guys that were just to hear them talk about the stories in the old days in in professional baseball. That was you, I, the trouble is I can get there and listen to them. I don't even know who I saw on the field. I just <laughs> listened to those guys and they I, probably knew it too. They're corrupting the young guy. Yeah. As a, as an umpire, let's see, probably at the college level, I'll say uh, the pro ball, not so much at the college level. There was one, one issue I had with scouts and it wasn't your guys' fault really, but you know, when, whenever this kid was, you know, Pop, propped up as oh he, he said he's got a great arm he's a great pitcher and oh a bunch of scouts are there to see him there'd be five guys sitting back there behind home plate and they'd have the radar guns out and what happens the kid sees the scouts and now he has to overthrow because he's nervous and he wants to show everyone what he's got however he forgets how to throw strikes he's bouncing stuff he's throwing <laughs> stuff off the backstop look at me i could throw 95 yeah but you can't put it over the plate or close to it so now we're in for a long day so i don't know some kids aren't able to perform when they see those radar guns man and that's that's true and that's really taken into consideration one of the reasons why you're looking at for as far as pitchers go you're really looking for movement on the ball and if they can throw the ball hard you can you can coach them so and i'll tell you what when i was scouting there weren't many people with their guns very few people had had the guns bob bishop who was a one of probably maybe the best baseball player you've never heard of coming out of the san gabriel valley out of Covina pitcher um signed with the uh, did he was it with the dodgers anyway blew his arm out and became i think he's still with the dodgers as one of their one of their top guys um scouting department but he was the first scout that i saw have a gun <laughs> when i was and uh, he would he would bring it and all the older guys would go uh bobby what'd you get 85 look the gun go yeah that was that was that was those the pitchers jack pap he could do that with with the best of them Bobby, what'd you get? 88? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, those radar guns. I'd like look in the stand. I'd be like, oh, oh, here we yeah, go. Yeah, but that's true. That, that did happen. It happened more often than you think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got the bruises to prove it. You know, basketball's <laughs> bouncing in the dirt. I'm like, come on, kid. Look at you're not you're not going to the World Series. You're not going to the big leagues tomorrow. Just settle down and do what you do. Pretend like they're not very there. true. Very oh, true, boy. Matt. You saw that firsthand. That's yeah. that's very true. <laughs> well, so so Joe, the the Phillies end up winning the World Series, um, and as a member of the organization, um, you know, being the World Series, you have a World Series uh, ring, don't you? I do. Wow, that's pretty cool. And uh, what what uh, is it? 
as, as working for the organization and watching the World Series, watching the Phillies in the World Series, I mean, are you, are you cheering hard like a fan or were you just kind of like over baseball and like, ah, if they win, they win? No, no, I was rooting for him big time. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's very cool. Uh, member of the organization. Big so time, you, rooting for him big time. Yeah, absolutely. So you scouted for, well, I don't know, 11 years, 10 years or so, something like that? Yeah, that's about, that's about right. And, and my brother was drafted in 78. And he was going through them, and I uh, actually took a little hiatus to do his do his negotiation for his uh, uh, signing bonus. Which back then, I mean, he was a first round draft choice, and what they're getting millions now. He signed for one hundred fifty thousand. Wow! <laughs> and, he's get, and he was the and and he would he would have probably been in the top five six drafted, but he was going to Stanford. He had already signed with Stanford to be as a wide receiver. And he and Elway they were were in the same class. They had, they were going up together. Um, and so most, a lot of scouts, and I was scouting them and they asked me, I said, you know, he's going to go to college. It's going to take X dollars. And then I was saying between 135 and 175 to sign him. So they said, well, if that's the truth, then we are not, we can't do that. We don't have that. And so he ended up being the 14th pick of the first round with the angels. Wow. Wow. And so he ended up. Uh, not going to college or he, or he did go. He ended up not going to college. I mean, it took, they started that thing off at 55,000 for him. And um, basically uh, Larry Himes was the scout. Um, Mike Port was the assistant general manager. Buzzy Bavese was the general manager of the angels then. And they actually had my dad and brother. They took him uh, up to the booth with to meet Gene Autry and Richard Nixon was there with him. So they got, pretty good experience there but um he was getting ready he would they called and said well we'd like to sit down with you and talk one more time and we said hey he's not home he's up at uh, stanford receiving camp he's what he goes yeah the receivers and quarterbacks went up the, and he's up there with them so um they set a meeting for that monday and came back and sat in my parents living room and we uh talked and talked and they made the offer. They made that the hundred fifty thousand dollars with all these other things and um, little bonuses. And <laughs> we took time out, went back in my parents' bedroom, and my mom didn't want him to sign this. They said college is college is what we do. And but uh, finally came down to say, Tom, what do you want to do? With this? I'd like to play baseball. So came yeah. back out and signed. That's so a, that was a lot of money. Nineteen eighty. Yeah, it was a, a lot ton of money. Of money. Yeah, I mean. And, and so 1978, 1978, Oh, oh that's right. Cause yeah, major league, uh, yeah. he played in 81, it says here, but uh, yeah, he yeah, got so. to the big leagues pretty quick, 20 years old. So he could have been catching passes for John Elway at Stanford, could but he, he settled, he settled for a professional baseball career. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> settled for a good career, 14 years. So, yeah, well, he, he would have played, he, he would have played baseball up there too, right? At Stanford. Yeah, he was, he's going to play both. He would have played. He'd already talked to him about doing that. The coach was uh, was Walsh, Bill Walsh then. Yeah. And uh, the baseball coach still is, I believe, Mark Marquis. Uh, I think he retired a few years ago. But oh, yeah. did he? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, he coached. He was a legend. Coached there forever. Yeah. But he was uh, he was the baseball coach then. So wow. they, it was all, all planned that he was going to he'd be able to play both. And Elway played both, I believe. Yeah, he was actually, he was, yeah, he was drafted by the Yankees. Elway was. Yeah. Wow. Back in the day. So your brother has uh, quite a, a major league baseball career played, I think 13, four, let's see, 14 years, maybe in the big leagues. 14. Uh, yes. Correct. He won a world series as a member of the 1987 twins. So both Berman, 
Both Bernanski brothers with World Series rings. That's pretty awesome. Actually, yes. And when he signed with when he got traded to the Twins, I said, "Well, that ends your chance of getting one." But <laughs> just like everything else, he he bested me again. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Tom Bernanski, yeah, that 271 home runs. Uh, You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> hit, hit 245 here. And uh, so quite quite a career, man. Quite a career. An all-star in 1985. Wow. What a guy. What a player. Yeah, I think, uh, I think if you look back, he might have had, let's see, 1982, maybe 83. What? Let's see. When he made the big leagues with the Angels. 81. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing my years here because I know he came up. Fergosi was the manager, and he, he played the first nine games, started for him, and then um, he went into a big slump. And Fergosi and the Angels were losing, and Fergosi had a hell of a team, so he said he got to play the got to play the uh, the guns, the big guys, Dan yeah. Ford and those guys. So, but I think if you, I don't, I, I believe he might. I know he, he, I think he had his. I just saw a blurb last time when the Angels were playing with this Joe Adele, and they had. Uh, Mike Trout, Joe Adele, and Tom Bernanski is the youngest players to play for the Angels. I think they're all in their 20s, early 20 plus months, 20 months to when they were. Made. Wow, not, not bad company there. Um, yeah, so it was, that must have been, he only played for the Angels for a year, it looks like here, but uh, yes, that, yeah. that must have been cool to be playing in his backyard, right, in Anaheim. Yes, yeah, it was pretty neat. We got to watch a bunch of the game. And then when they, uh, Gene Mock, Angels the next was the last player cut and then came to the twins for Doug Corbett, who was at that time, one of the top relief pitchers in baseball. And the twins were getting rid of all their veterans and building the young team. And so he only played the one, uh, the one year. So after, after a pretty good MLB career, uh, winning a world series, he then went into coaching and uh, he coached a few various levels, but he ended up, didn't he, he ended up coaching in the big leagues as well briefly, didn't he? Yes, he just, uh, he went, he was coaching with uh, uh, Molitor and um, Garden High about, I think it's been about four years ago since he, um, he left, well, he got fired <laughs> from the Twins. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, he was about five years with him. He enjoyed it. He had a good time, but you know what? He, he, he He's now coaching at St. Catharines. It's a Division three school down in San Diego, uh, having a great time. It's yeah, it, it's back to grassroots coaching. Uh, you know, you one on one with the hitters, working on these things, and it's not all the analytics and everything that's going on now. And he really kind of got fed up with having to spend so much time on the computer. And he after the game's over, he's up till one o'clock filling out the reports and all everything. And you're looking at he's got a notebook full of all the things that it, 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 it puts out. And he just got fed up with that part of the game. And, I, and I've talked to a lot of the guys that I know that are still in the game, and it's kind of the pendulum starting to swing back a little bit. I mean, there's kind of a um, – you you even see with some of the rules they're trying to put in that you can't – you're going to have uh, – you can't play on the outfield grass as an infielder. Um, it's, I think what may be coming is you can't you can't have three people on, the, on one side of the infield anymore. Yeah. Some of these things are coming up, just like in football where we have the rules in college where you, where you have to be on – only so many people can be on each side of the ball at the kickoffs. 
So yeah, who knows? It, it, it might be swinging back a little bit. It's just get back to playing baseball for God's sakes. I, I know. I agree. With, I, I get so fed up when there's all this push to change everything in baseball. It's like the game is great for a reason. And, and the strategy involved and, you know, put shifting guys and everything that that's part of the game, man. And, and I, I see what your brothers kind of went through there when, when he was coaching in the, in the major leagues and, there is something to be said about coming back down and making a difference and, and ha- more of a hands-on approach than just reading a report or pushing uh, buttons into a computer. You know, let's show kids how to hit. Let's show kids how to play the game the right way. Yes, exactly. Oh, man. Well, well, great stuff there, Joe. Uh, great baseball journey for you and your brother. But, uh, you know, we got to talk some football, Joe. We, we got yes, to we do. We got to talk some football. Um you and uh, Tracy McFate, good friend of mine, a former signer. Uh, he was very influential in, in you know, my officiating. And uh, you and Tracy started up officiating together. How did that happen? You're the, you have this baseball resume, and then all of a sudden you become a football official. How did that happen? Well, it, um, I was back home after, after playing and looking for something to – to do to tie myself over. And I went to, went, as an alumni, I went to watch a West Virginia football game. And Jack O'Kane, who unbeknownst to me, was a coach, teacher at West Virginia, he's on the sidelines and didn't know he was that the, the instructing, instructional chairman of the, of the Foothill Citrus football officials. And he was talking about, yeah, I got to, he asked me what I was doing. And I told him, I said, I got to get a job here now to, to before going back. And he said, well, you know, you ever consider refereeing football? He goes, I can, you can do, do a frost soft game on Thursday afternoon for 25 bucks and, and uh, do a, um, a JV game on Friday for 25 bucks. And then on the weekend at junior all American, you can do six games in there. They pay $11 a game. So he's going to say you get 66 and that's a hundred dollars for a week. And, dollars for the week and hell you're making five hundred dollars playing baseball jesus that sounds like a pretty good deal to me <laughs> so i said sign me up i'll do it and so he got brought told me when the meeting was and got all outfitted with gear and tracy McFate was in that class and tracy and i became very good friends over the years and got all those years we referee games went places together but that's how i got started that's where i met tracy in the first year's class so that first year, you're doing all these games, uh, you know, $11 a game. That's, that's hilarious. Uh, but 25 bucks, so you're working these games. Did you fall in love with it right away? Or was it like, yeah, I really had a kick. Mm-hmm. I had a kick doing that. It's like, you're, you're back in, you're back in the game. But it, and really it wasn't all that intense because it's, a, it's frost off and it's JVs and you're not dealing with the big boys. Then you go do the junior all American game and you can screw up. <laughs> Nobody's really going to yell. They're going to yell at you a little bit, but they're not It's not life or death. So you learn how to do the game. And one of my, my, my instructor in the first year's class was very adamant that, you know, that you are that your goal should be to be a white hat. So when you're, when you're doing the junior all American games, you have three officials and you rotate one goes each game, the three games you do, you do a different spot. And I learned to be a referee. And of course, I love being in charge. That's just, that was just a kick. <laughs> Even though I, you can bluff your way through it. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Role. And they always thought you did. So. Um, I got, it was, it was a lot of fun. And you make, you make mistakes. I very first, my very first brush off game, uh, this guy intercepts a pass and he's running down the field and there's a beautiful clip. And I got that clip and I throw my flag and blow my whistle at the same time. 
Oh, <laughs> build the play. So inadvertent whistle, first game. How good is that? Oh, very, very fitting. Uh, that works, man. Uh, <laughs> we've all been there. We've all been there. Absolutely. Um, so what was Tracy like back in the day, man, to take me, I, I knew Tracy, you know, in the mid 2000 or 2007 and now, but what was he like? How did you guys become such close friends? Cause we were, we're, you know what, Tracy hasn't changed a bit. We both love to talk. We both love to tell stories and we're both, we're both like to make jokes and kind of cut ups. And we would, we would, we'd sit together in the, in the general meeting and we'd, we'd make kind of little jokes we had about five we started laughing and god it wasn't jim graham yet he wasn't the assigner but don mckenzie was and he would just look up and do a bunch of bernanski again <laughs> so we just kind of we just and we just kind of gravitated to each other um and i you know without saying things we both loved we both both loved the game loved doing it and we were both pretty good from, a, from, a, from an early start mm-hmm. um now there's not there's a shortage of officials and you know, guys get thrown into the varsity games real quick. But I think we had our first varsity games in our third year, which was pretty good. Yeah. And I and I had a great mentor. I mean, Doctor Doctor Cliff. Well, um, kind of took me under his wing, and uh, he's he was a great is well, he still is a great person. Um, but he was an unbelievable sports official, great uh, referee. Um, I learned a lot from him, and uh, he took me under his wing and. Actually, when uh, one of the guys, his umpire got hurt, they had crews back in the early days. And when his umpire got hurt, um, I did a first round CIF game. He's a third year guy. So like I said, he took me under his wing and I learned, uh, I learned quickly from the, like the old guard. Yeah. What, what are some games that have stood out to you i know it's been a long time have there been any super memorable ones or cif championship games you got to do did you work in the big stadiums i mean what are some of your officiating uh top moments from football well, i think the one that had the when we were at uh, anaheim stadium and it was actually a final game um 30, people modern day in uh, los alamitos wow um just a huge huge great crowd and um John Barnes got up, coach of uh, Los Alamitos, got a little upset with me on a goal line call, but Harry <laughs> Irwin was the referee and Rich Riley was on that game. And, and uh, so was Tracy. It was Al Corey, Tracy, uh, me, Rich Riley, and Harry Irwin. And Harry went to Rich and because he were on the opposite sides. I was the line judge. He was the headlinesman. He goes, did he get it right? Rich goes, yeah, he did. He goes, thank God. Because <laughs> it was a big call. It was a, it was a play down in the corner of the end zone. It's just me and the receiver on this play they did a fake and the kid throws the ball and the, and the kid is in the end zone but he's laying down and the ball when he catches the ball the ball is a yard short of the end zone wow so he's in but the ball wasn't and that was the call no good last play of the first half and him coach Barnes was in my face but we got it right <laughs> and that was memorable um a lot of cif finals um they kind of run together you, you deal with personalities and coaches and lot of fun i my last game my last af game i white hat at the final which was nice i'd usually been a umpire or a headline or a field line judge so that was a pretty good thrill um yeah i you know you think about the players that you've, you've seen you know matt liner uh uh marinovich uh, southwest i can't think of his name the the uh sean cody 
yeah, Sean Cody, the defensive end. Uh, even uh, 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 the guy that's he's not say, Chanchez from Mission Viejo. Mark Some of these guys play at high school sports. They just you could just tell they were going places. They were just man among boys, toying with the high school kids. That's what you kind of really remember. I remember uh, Russell White playing for Crespi in the rain out at Fontana in a playoff game in a field that we threw our, our we, we got off the field threw our officiating gear in the trash it was so <laughs> wet and muddy the shit everything but he he was just I mean he scored on the second play of the game on a 98 yard touchdown run and they won seven nothing but the, yes those are things you remember wow and, and of course the fact that I'm with guys that I officiated with forever I mean was, we all kind of stayed on the we were all on the same cruise in the playoffs and and then, as you well know, the after that, that's what separated high school from college. College, there wasn't the, the camaraderie that there was with the high school officials where you're all doing games in the same locale and you've got places to go afterwards. It just was stuff. It was more of a, more of a job than, yeah. than anything else. And I, it, I know the high school coaches want to win and they're on, but they're teachers too. And, you know, they've got their jobs. You know, the college coaches are, that's their, that is their job to win. So they're a little intense and that'll be a little more intense too. Not that we weren't in high school, but we just, it's, it was more of a, more of a job. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I worked some college football myself too. And there's a huge difference. Uh, it's not just an extension of high school and the, right. The camaraderie is a little different because you're not in the same unit. Uh, it's guys coming from all over to kind of work. So it's a little more individualism, I guess. Um, but, but I love the high school game, high, high school, so football, I. Uh, high school football. I, I love watching major league baseball and the NFL, but man, there's something about those Friday night lights, Joe, there's something about them. You know, it's community. It's, there's, uh, you're playing for the most part back then you were playing with your neighborhood kids you grew up with. Yeah. I mean, now everybody's transferring back and forth, but it's still, you run into teams that have played t- together since they were in grade school. And you still go to, when you do venues where the student body is supporting them and the place has got, it's, you walk out there and it's, it's kind of electric. It's, it, it is different. It's, it's amateur sports and it's purest, I think, high school sports. Oh, very well said. Well, I have a couple Joe Brunanski stories. Oh gosh. Um, nothing, nothing to, uh, you know, <laughs> nothing to out there, but uh, you know, my first year, I was told by my first year instructors, Bob Lamb, Vince Flores, Frank VR. Uh, they said, hey, if you want to do well at this, you need to go out to games Thursday nights, Friday nights. You need to watch the games from the sidelines with guys. And then afterwards, you know, if they go uh, grab a, a snack and a drink somewhere, you know, go go sit with them. Listen, ask questions. And I was like, OK, I love the football stuff. I love watching football. So that's easy. And I was a little, I don't know, shy, I guess, and going to hang out with guys. But I remember West Covina Applebee's. I go over there the the first Friday night of the season in 07 and uh, I didn't know anybody I didn't but Frank or who was it no it was Vince said come over to Applebee's and uh, listen to you know us talk about games and and in walks Tracy McFay Luther Wilson Joe Bernanski all you guys walk in and you immediately start like giving jabs at each other and and, you know the friend friendly banter you know having a few uh cervezas I'm like Okay, I could get into this, but again, you guys were so welcoming of a new guy. What's your name? Oh, Matt. Hey, welcome. Happy to have you. And I never thought I'd uh, be worthy enough to be at that table, but that for me was the the fun part of Friday nights, the games, absolutely. But then kind of 
talking about everything that happened afterwards. And, and Joe, you know how to hold a room, man. <laughs> you have a, a tall beard in front of you and uh, just a very, uh, very much uh, run in the room. <laughs> amongst the officials. Yeah, those were, it, 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 you're, you're almost thinking, you get, okay, okay, the game's over. It's been a fun game. Now we got to get to Applebee's or the pizza place or the place out on the other side of the hill. And it's, and then it was Clubhouse sixty six for a while. There, the place has changed, but the people really, and the people sometimes change too. But the camaraderie in Foothill Citrus was was totally amazing. And anybody, anybody could come in and join, and you didn't have to be, you know, doing a varsity game or something like yourself. Any young guy could come in. Well, Vince Vince started doing it. Scott Root started doing it. Yeah, and and, and uh, you did it. I can't, there's a number of people that, and we all became good friends. It didn't matter who was somebody who did 40 years and somebody was doing their first year. And like, like we were talking about, uh, and you, you replaced me in that, uh, in, in, was that your first varsity game? No, I, I, I was new still. I had worked games before, but I was a Thursday night at Covina district field, the old one before they remodeled yep. it. And it was a Thursday night crew, right? You and Tracy and Scott root. And, um, just, uh, you know, basically white hats working a Thursday night varsity game. And so I went and was sitting on the sidelines and I was always told, bring your gear, have it in the car. And sure enough, a few plays in Joe, you, you, you tweaked your knee and I had to run to the car and get dressed and, and finish up uh, the game for you. And that was your last game, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that was basically, it was my last game. The knee was, the knee was done. And that was, that was it. Yeah. No, that's uh, it was... running up and down the field. It just kind of, and you know, it was time to, it was, it was, we, we kids called Scott Root about being the vulture. Cause that means, cause he was, he got my televised game the next week. That's right. Vulture, Scott, you're just losing. <laughs> yeah. Scotty was so, ready to go. Hey, Hey, I, I'm available. I, I'm at this yeah. other school. Yeah. Hey, I'm available. I can white hat. Yeah. Yeah. T, TV, Scott Root, TV man. Uh, well, and then the other one I have Joe of you, this, uh, I, I think this was my first year, maybe my second. Anyway, you were working the smudge pot. I think it was with Tracy. I don't know how you and Tracy were always on these games together. The, he, you guys must have known the assigner or something. But uh, yeah, you know, we 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 were, we were on a lot of games together, and we never had to go to Bassett. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where that field is. <laughs> if you if you're leaving a mot, you make a left and a right. Now it doesn't matter. <laughs> but anyway. Um, it was the smudge pot and I had heard uh, about the smudge pot before, but didn't realize just how big of a deal that game was. And it was at San Dimas high school. And I was like, okay, another, you know, pretty good crew. I'll go watch them. And um, I go to the game and I've never seen San Dimas high school. So full, I mean, unbelievable. I go, Oh my goodness. And I happened to bring my dad with me uh, who, who loves football. And um we go up to the ticket booth or with you guys, we walk up to the field right? and there's big Joe steps forward and you put your arm around my dad and, uh, and then Tracy kind of pushed me and you guys were just without breaking stride. You're like, these two guys are with us. And you, you walked us in there. And that was a fun memory for my dad and I, cause we're looking around like thousands of people and we're like, yeah, we're here with the referees. This is pretty cool. Hey, you guys got, you guys sidelines, didn't you? Sideline. Yeah. Yeah. Sideline right there. And as a matter of fact, someone came over and was like, who are you guys? And we're like, we're with the officials. And they asked us to, for a name. 
I think it was go I think it's the, who's the, they like tested me. Like who's the, who's in charge. I was like, well, that guy over there is Tracy McFay with the white hat on, or what, maybe it was you, Joe. And they're like, no, no, no. Who's in charge of the football? I go, Oh, Mike Gotro. Like they tested me a few times. I was like, Oh, they're like, okay, you guys are good. But, I, but I'll never forget that stuff. Yeah. Those are the kind of games you love. That's, that's what high school football was all about. That was the place is overflowing with people. And it was just, and it was a good game too. You walk yes. off games like that and you just feel, Oh man, that was great. So much fun, right? So much, yeah. so much fun. Now, uh, having been, uh, you had all daughters, right? So all daughters, three yeah, daughters, yeah. three daughters. Wow. So you got all this football and baseball and then, uh, you're coaching your daughters in, in softball, but so it's been a while since you've been kind of around football, but do you still try to get out and maybe if, if Foothill Citrus is down in the area in Orange County or something, try to get out? I, I do. I, I haven't lately just because, well, the pandemic for one, but before I was, I'd go out and try to catch, uh, you know, I, and even when Tracy was here, but now Tracy's moved, but we would try to go, try to go to a game or two. Uh, Jimmy Johnson has is been nice enough to get me a pass so I can go and watch. Oh. So yeah, I make a point of trying to go and guys, especially if I know them. Um, not as much as I used to. Yeah, no, I, that's understandable for sure. But yeah, I, I remember if, uh, you know, after you retired, anytime we had a playoff game down in Orange County, we might uh, we might run oh, yeah. into to, to Big Joe after the game or, or during the game, you know? There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's no doubt. I would, I, I'd even meet some of the guys, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, I would meet, I'd meet the guys and I'd go in with them on, as the crew and just stand on the sideline. I, I think we went, I think the last game, playoff game I actually went was uh, Bob Gordon. Bob Gordon was refereeing out of Cajon. And Tracy and I went out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Joe, uh, one thing that you are now very much involved in and have always been involved in is, uh, is golf. You are a very big golfer and you've actually kind of uh, are involved uh, in kind of a golf business now too, right? Right. Uh, championship golf. My brother and I uh, joined partners with the next uh, a tour player who, who was, who never really made it on tour and got his amateur status back and created a company called championship golf and has ties with TaylorMade and Adidas. And, uh, we run the, uh, TaylorMade Invitational, the Adidas golf invitational program down in Mexico. Uh, we have the TaylorMade father's son, uh, crystal cup, which is over in Ireland and Scotland. We've been doing those for years. Um, and, Initially, it was just for Tom and I to go play golf all over the place. But then um, I got involved in the actual running of the business with, with Pat, and I kind of deal with the professional golfers. Basically, what it is, is you get it, – it's not the, the big-name the big golfers, but we get the, uh, the uh, club pros and the instructors, the directors of instruction and stuff, and they invite four of their or five of their – four of their amateur partners to come play in an event. Pros are comp. They're playing for uh, – a nice hundred thousand dollar purse, which is nice, um, but it's mostly all club pros and their amateurs. And uh, it's we've been this. In fact, we're having our this is our thirtieth year um, with the TaylorMade. This this year it's called the Adidas Golf Invitational. Down it'll be in November down in uh, Puerto Vallarta. So we've been doing this is our thirtieth straight year having that event. Wow! And so you, you yourself are getting to uh, play a bit of golf as well, right? Yeah, I still play. I play, try to play two times a week for sure. Every Wednesday, Friday, we have a standing game. And uh, sometimes it goes Wednesday, 
into having a game on Sunday as well. But the body, the body, <laughs> shoulders, <laughs> knees, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't hit the ball as far as I used to, but I still enjoy getting out there with the, uh, uh, playing with the guys and we're com- you're competitive, but after we're, we're done, it's just like football, Matt. We're out there on the patio having a cigar and a beer or a cocktail. Yeah. Amen it's all that. about the camaraderie and the guys. Oh, as boy. long as you can do that and stay active, it's, doesn't matter what hurts or what you shoot, but I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm finding out all those play, things. I used to reach par fives and two. I'm happy to make them get on in three. <laughs> you used to kill the ball. Don't hit man. the ball very far. Anymore. Oh yeah. But you used to, you, you used to crush it. I remember those foothill citrus golf tournament, the football officials golf tournaments. That was to me, I looked I always said it was my favorite day of the year because I was a terrible golfer. I need to practice more and play, but it was so much fun all these different officials groups on the same course. And then of course the 18th green, <laughs> Joe always was the first group, Joe and, and you and Tracy, again, you must've known the assigners and you, you guys would be the first ones there again, the cigars, the beers. And every time the next group came in, you guys would heckle and raz oh. everyone who came in after you. And the group got bigger. If you're towards the end, Oh man. And, and obviously guys had been drinking a little bit more. It got a little, a, <laughs> a little more aggressive. So you remember those? Oh, it was, it was, those were great times. Those were funnier than hell. And then we have guys, you know, like, Hey, we'll, we'll get Scott Hockley in trouble here. Now that he's a big, big time white hat NFL official. <laughs> Hockley and the young guys. Sean, Sean Hockley. Sean. Sean yes. What did I say? Scott. <laughs> oh, Scott. That's Scott Ruth, Sean Hockley. So Sean, and, and the young guys, oh, the hikes. And anyway, they um, were at Goose Creek and <laughs> were yelling at them and screaming at them. And they all pulled down their pants, moon the whole clubhouse, not just us, but all around. I went, oh, geez. And then, Jer- no, it was, uh, it was uh, God, one of, um, oh, Wayne, Wayne's kids. Wayne, um, can't think of Wayne's last name now. Young, Dang it. young. Yeah, Wayne Young, one of the yep. young boys from about 130 yards out, decides to take his five iron and try to hit us up on the. Up on the... <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, good times. We weren't always the best of golfers, but we had a good time. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, you screaming, uh, you know, oh, we God, can, that was we can hear fun. you from hundreds of yards away uh, calling us every name in the book. For... <laughs> hit it straight, the hole's over here, you know. All kinds of stuff. Like that. Oh, nothing like those uh, those golf tournaments. It was always, hey, who who won? Who won it? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we doesn't always... matter. Well, although we have a plaque, I think I have the plaque. I never gave the plaque back after we won. I never gave it back. <laughs> Sounds like you. Yep. And then and then we all had to stumble our way to the football banquet that night. The uh, the end yeah. of the season banquet that was always a challenge. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it was a big challenge. It was Just a... ask Pete Gotro. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, love Pete. Where's love Pete? Pete? Well, look outside the window. You can see where Pete is. <laughs> it was quite a day. You had to pace yourself, and uh, still one of the the best days of the year. I, I definitely miss those. Um, yeah, good times. Great times, Joe. And, and kind of wrap. Where where are some places that you go? What are your favorite uh, places you have played golf? Some of the most uh, best courses you've been at. Oh, my favorite place golf courses over in scotland at old head uh valley bunyan over there um here, here in the uh united states prairie dunes uh, southern hills 
um, Marion, um, here around this area, uh, and we're in California, Cypress, Pebble Beach, Spyglass, uh, Los Angeles Country Club, Wilshire. Um, I've played all the good clubs around here. I play, most of the time now I play at South Hills. Wow. Up in West Covina. Wow. So you, you, you come home for the, uh, come home for a little golf. Yep. Full yeah. Circle. That's, I got a lot of guys up there that I grew up with in the West Covina area. And so we, when we got a little, a little older, we kind of, we joined there. So it's a bit of a drive from Orange County. It takes me about 30 minutes to get up there, but it's, you know, the, seeing the guys and, and the new guys that I've met that, uh, that I didn't hang out with in the old days. So <laughs> that's what it's all about, Joe. It's well, all good. Oh yeah. Well, Joe, uh, I wish you nothing but the best. I really appreciate you chatting with me today and you know, man, it's been a fun conversation, football, baseball, golf. I mean, camaraderie, this is just like old times. I know, you know, you know, it's kind of like old times. Well, let's see. It's what is it? 1030. Yeah. That's, you know, time flew. Time, time was, did time did fly but it's always it's always fun uh talking with good friends and and uh talking sports it's great oh man absolutely well i hope uh everything's well the family everything everyone's healthy and everything it's been a crazy year (laughs) i know everything we've sydney and i've had our shots so we're okay and it looks like everything's kind of getting better and better so excellent hopefully it is for everybody well, I hope I uh, see you down the road. It's it's been a while. We'll have to uh, when things get uh, back to normal here. We'll have to uh, uh, find a find a time to have a cold one and uh, continue our conversation. I think we do, Matt. I think we have to get a hold of Tracy and get him out here and uh, meet up. All meet out at Clubhouse sixty six or somewhere out there and have a officials reunion. That would be fantastic. We'll make that happen. I know Tracy will love this episode, as well as a lot of other uh, officials from the Foothill Citrus Unit. Joe, it's been a pleasure. A lot of good guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. We'll talk to you later. Thanks again, Joe Bernanski, for sharing some fun memories from the gridiron, from the baseball diamond, and, of course, the golf course. Always fun to chat with you, my friend. It had been too long, but I really do appreciate you coming on the program, sharing some stories, some memories, just your journey, and I wish you and the family nothing but the best in moving forward. I'm going to hold you to it, Joe. we got to get together some time here in the very near near future maybe fly tracy out from nevada so that we can uh, get the band back together again and uh, have a few pops and share some laughs i wouldn't miss it so definitely uh, save a seat for me thanks again joe bernanski well guys that will wrap up this week of shows on the get home safe podcast as i mentioned in the intro lots of big changes upcoming for the podcast be sure to subscribe to our new youtube channel get home safe podcast can't miss it it shows the la skyline it says get home safe uh just like many of our other logos around there give us a subscribe uh, sub- subscribe to our podcast so that you can be up to date on new videos that will be put out and as i mentioned earlier in the week we're not just going to be posting episodes there will be moments where uh i have an instant reaction or something in the world of sports and i might go on there uh, for a 10 15 minute video we're going to be doing facebook lives as well so a lot of changes a lot of accessibility to the podcast you can always listen to the podcast you know wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to subscribe to that uh, however you listen through apple or spotify or google so that you get updates But there's also plenty of fun ways to follow the podcast through social media where you will see all of our videos. I will always announce 
who the upcoming guests are and, and uh, list the links to uh, listen to the podcast episodes. So be sure if you haven't already to tune into our uh, social media platforms. And those are uh, on Twitter. We are found at Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. I always encourage you guys, send me an email regarding topics, questions, whatever you want to say. It's all good. We would love to hear from you just like you hear from us on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays here at the Get Home Safe podcast. Bill Barnes will join me next Wednesday. We should be recording through video again. On Monday, I will be back to recap some of the sports action. We'll talk about the Masters. We'll talk about the College Hockey National Championship, maybe how the opening weekend at Dodger Stadium went. We'll look for some uh, various sports topics and conversations. NFL free agency is uh, going crazy right now with the the trades and everything leading up to the draft. Uh, We got some boxing to, to recap. There, there's just a lot lot to cover on Monday. And uh, we will also put out a video on Monday of me and Bill Barnes on our Facebook Live. Again, probably 10-minute appetizer just so you guys know kind of what we, Bill and I will be talking about on Wednesday when our episode is released. I know that's a lot to take in, but just trying to spread the word on the pod and, and make sure that you guys are up kept up to date. We work hard here. Uh, put a lot of time into this and uh, I know people are listening and people are viewing our videos uh, you know because you can see all of the analytics there and everything so that keeps me motivated to continue working hard for you guys but I can always use your help with topics uh, suggestions uh, those suge- people who are coming on the podcast that, that always helps so we're going to keep this format for now try to continue to record episodes for guests on Friday uh, still reaching out to people and trying to get them to come on. Some people are, are a little more shy and it gets hard. And, you know, hey, I understand it. Everyone has a busy schedule out there. But anyway, we're going to keep moving forward, keep pushing along here as we uh, approach uh, mid-April here soon. Hard to believe, but uh, the podcast helps time fly. And I absolutely love doing it. So that will wrap us up today. Thank you so much, Joe Bernanski. Once again, there will be plenty to talk about next week, guys. As I take a few days off here to recharge the batteries, I will be back strong on Monday, not only for the sports and current events episode that I will release, but a Facebook Live with Bill Barnes sometime in the morning before we record our Wednesday episode. So busy schedule ahead. Thank you for liking, for subscribing, for emailing. I look forward to hearing from you. Guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy the great weekend of sports and the time off. Recharge, refresh, come back strong next week. But guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Thank you.